I'm former Congressman Gary Franks. And I'm his son, Gary. I'm millennial. We're discussing everything from politics to sports and pop culture. From very different perspectives. We speak frankly. So, Dad, did you see President Joe Biden's press conference and how did you feel about it? Yes, I did, Gary. It was an interesting press conference. It was his first as president of the United States. It was rather interesting because he actually had pictures of all the people that were going to ask questions. Apparently, they had each person had a number next to their name, so they'd be called on in a direct order. He actually had a book in which he was flipping pages to be able to tell which topic he was going to be addressing. He actually read from a lot of those pages, which, so from a number of perspectives, it was rather unusual. Also, typically, you respect the top three or four TV stations and or cable stations, Gary. You don't ignore any of the big boys. I and mean, You don't ignore CBS or NBC or, or Fox or MSNBC, whatever the case may be. You usually allow them to get in their questions, and then you open it up for maybe some of the major newspapers. You don't ignore the Washington Post or New York Times, et cetera. Well, he did. He decided to uh, ramble on when he got a question that he liked because he knew, apparently he knew it was coming up. And he just talked about that forever, almost almost like a filibuster, so to speak. He just went on and on about certain topics. And I'll talk about two or three in particular. And then he ignored Fox News. One of the major cable networks never had a chance to ask a question. And the questions, Gary, I tell you, you know, you've played wiffle ball. We play wiffle ball in the back. You know, we've, we've seen how wiffle ball is played. And sometimes you can throw the ball real fast. And sometimes you can throw the ball real slow. And sometimes you can lob it in, right? They lobbed everything in on Joe. I mean, if you, he couldn't hit those balls, he would have to be blind or just totally, totally inept. So... One of the questions, I just scratched my head because here he is less than 100 days into his presidency and he gets a question like, Mr. President, are you going to run for re-election in 2024? Who in the hell cares? He's not even 100 days into his current presidency. Why are you asking that question? What are we going to learn from that question and answer? It's a hypothetical for anybody. Are you going to be alive in 2024, reporter? We don't know. That's why we don't deal with hypotheticals. Now, Biden took that last little lob and talked about it forever and then the, ever and ever. And then the reporter had a nerve to say, do you think you're going to run against Donald Trump? Who in the hell cares? This is 2021 first quarter. We don't care about starting an election for 2024. You should lose your credentials for bringing up such a stupid question. Yeah, I'm using that word. It was just so inane that it was ridiculous. So, next question that I'd really like to talk about, Gary, had to do with the border, which is a total disaster, because as we talked about in the prior show, you can't just let people infiltrate your country like this. It's an invasion. As I said before, if there's another nationality, we wouldn't be doing this. They wouldn't be walking across the border, allowing little kids to come over the wall and then just leaving there knowing that they're going to be apprehended and dealt with accordingly. The problem is, folks, how do they travel a thousand miles 
with nothing on their backs and they got all the way to the border because it's an organized effort. That's why. So it's so, so bad. So the point being that you have a number of these kids in one facility in, in particular that could hold 250 people, and I believe it's holding thousands. So Biden didn't want people to see that. So we got a question about, will you allow the press to go look at some of these facilities? And he said, yes, yes, I'm, we're going to get, when? Oh, um, I don't know. That's like saying no, okay? If you don't know when you are going to allow the press to come in, that's the same thing as saying, no, I'm not allowing you to come in, which is not American. I mean, it's totally, totally bad. So he relinquished on that at a week, three weeks later because of the fact the senators decided to go and make a trip to the border and were able to bring cameras there. So it was bad. I, I think that um, once again, it was a good warm up act, though. I, I'm very happy that he had a press conference. I understand that when you haven't done a press conference in so long, you want to start off easy. I understand that. And Mr. President, they allowed you to start off very, very, in a very easy type manner. So, was this the first time that a president has completely? I'm ignoring one of the top networks. I don't know, Gary. It's it's something that uh, will have to be researched. But normally, it, there, there's a protocol and who who would be uh, allowed to, to ask questions. And usually, you make sure that all the major players have a chance to ask their question, no matter how long it would take. Because obviously, you being the person responding to the questions can talk on and on and on and on and on and on about one or two or four or five topics. And all of a sudden an hour has gone by. I think he only took a handful of questions to begin with, but it went for an hour or so. And that's because he was very long on long winded on, on certain, on all of us, all of the questions that were asked. Now he did come back with a, a comment later on that had to do with the Voting Rights Act or bill that was passed by the, the state of Georgia. And that became a big hot button issue, Gary, because Major League Baseball decided to pull the All-Star game away from Atlanta, away from Georgia, and also the um, baseball draft is going to be pulled from the state of Georgia. Now, that, that's reminiscent of what happened a few years ago when in the state of North Carolina, there was some controversy over the use of, of bathrooms, and I'm not going to get into the, the particulars of it, but the bottom line of it is it was offensive to some people that certain people who identified a certain sex were not allowed to use a certain bathroom. What happened was the NBA decided to pull the All-Star game out of Charlotte, and it took on a life of its own because the governor, who was a Republican at the time, lost his election, his re-election, because his opponent based his whole campaign around the fact that, number one, that incident happened, but number two, it took away a great deal of commerce from the state of North Carolina. So the challenger was a Democrat defeated the Republican governor. So now they're playing part, part two of this scenario. Now, why does it work here? It works because baseball and basketball, they don't get their money from people sitting in the seats. We're finding that out today because they're not allowed to sit in the seats because of COVID. But baseball and basketball and football, they make billions of dollars because of what? TV. They're not going to suffer 
any repercussions from taking their actions that they're taking, Major League Baseball, because you don't need people to sit in the seats. You need the, the, the mainstream media. Who, who runs those mainstream media? Liberals. Okay. You need those liberals, the mainstream media, to allow you to buy TV commercials, to buy time to be able to show the basketball game, baseball games, football games, et cetera. That's how sports makes their money today, Gary. That's how they make their big money. So they're only playing up to the TV stations. They're only a handful of them. And that's all they have to play up for. They don't have to play up to get 18,000 people sitting in the stands or 70,000 people sitting in the stands. That's like peanut money for them. TV money is what the revenue is what they're trying to get. And as we know, the, the liberal media has been with the Democrats for, for decades. And so they're just playing their hand. They're playing their role, playing their role. And it's very, very sad. It's very sad that sports are interjecting themselves into this dialogue because, number one, they have every right to do so. Don't get me wrong. They, they have every right to do so in an organized manner that God bless the sports teams are doing that. And God bless the players for doing what they're doing. They have the right to have their opinion. But they should get their facts right first. And for Joe Biden to be saying that this is, this is Jim Eagle, President Biden, come on. Your record is terrible about lying, okay? Let's start with what you said about Barack Obama. First, you said about Barack Obama. For a black guy, he's bright, he's, he can speak well, he could do, I mean, did we, are we supposed to forget that? Oh, how about the fact that, hey, you don't vote for me, you're, you, you ain't black. Oh, we're supposed to forget that, Joe? We're supposed to forget that, too? Oh, wait a minute, Republicans are gonna put you in chains. Read your history, Mr. President. The Republicans are the ones that freed the slaves, Mr. Biden, led by Lincoln and the radical Republicans who were in Congress. It was the Democrats who developed this old Jim Crow situation, Mr. President. And the legacy there is, is horrific. Okay. So it's just the reverse of what you were saying. And the record is extremely clear basic civics, basic history lesson, okay? Now, to say that the use of the filibuster is a racist tactic, as you've said recently, Mr. President, when for 36 years, you've been the most, one of the most vocal supporters of the filibuster, that's evolving, okay? I won't call it what it should be called. I'll just call it, you've evolved on that issue. But to actually claim that there's a problem with people getting water is so disingenuous. You know, and I know, Mr. President, that no one, no one can go up to a person within a certain number of feet from the voting booth. I don't care if they're giving them $100 bills, okay? I don't care if they're giving them lotto tickets that are going to win. You're not supposed to give anything to any person in line once they get a certain distance from the voting booth. So you know that's true. You, why are you lying? Why I don't use the L word. Why are you miss? Why are you just being so disingenuous? I don't care if it's water, meals, fifty dollar bills. It could be anything. Once you get to a certain point, you can't engage with them, especially if you're a political operative. You know that, and yet you want to get people to feel. Oh, well, Republicans want want people to die on the line. Want people to. They'd be so thirsty to pass out and lie. This is Jim Crow and Jim Eagle. See, and your comments like that, Mr. President, divides the country. 
it divides the country because you're being you you are using race so much. Filibuster racist. You're voting like Jim Crow and evil. You're just getting carried away with the fact that you know and I know you would never have won if the white vote was the only vote that you got. You lost the white vote. Only the second president in the history of America to lose the white vote and walk into the White House. You lost it by a sizable amount. So you're, you're, you're being so very disingenuous and it's very unfortunate because there's a lot of Republicans like me who wanna work with you and, we be, and I still pray for you and I still want you to be tremendously successful. I do, but you can't hoodwink people all the time. Now you can't, you can't hoodwink people all the time. Everyone knows, everyone knows, everyone, everyone, everyone knows you're not going to get any Republicans support on any measure that increases taxes. I mean, you, we all know that. So but you're saying, I'm going to talk to Republicans, bring them in the White House, talk to them. We're going to come up with whatever. I'm going to listen to their idea. I served 30 years ago. There's a whole group of Republicans who have never voted, never voted for a tax increase. So you think that now they're going to vote for a tax increase? You know that's not going to happen. Now, can you do what we did back in the 90s, in which we had the expense for improving the roads? We made, made it so that it was more of a user fee. We had a gasoline tax, and that's totally different. User fees are looked upon differently because if you don't use it, you don't pay. So it's, not, it's different from a mandatory tax increase on folks. Now, in your defense, you have not technically said that it will be a tax increase on individuals. Well, you have, but over 400, whatever, that figure... I guess it's somewhat, you know, flexible. We'll, we'll talk about that later. But you're looking at the corporate tax increase, which would take it from 21% to 28%. In your defense, at one time it was 35% when, when Barack Obama was president. So technically speaking, Trump lowered it to 21, and now you want to bring it up to 28. There could be some discussions on that. But, but the bottom line of it is, that's a problem, and you know it's a problem. And the second thing is, it's been reported in just about every major newspaper that a good portion of this $2.25 trillion package has nothing to do with bridges or roads or broadband or high-speed rail or airports or ports in general. Nothing to do with it. Nothing whatsoever to do with it. So you've even taken your infrastructure bill that you call it, you call it an infrastructure bill at times. But now, now you're kind of calling it also a jobs bill. You kind of mount jobs and you're making it so it's confusing. You know, who could be against infrastructure? No one's against improving the infrastructure. But when you're making a jobs bill, that's totally different. That's totally different. And why not you why don't you know you, you say, well, Republicans, the, the Republican establishment, they may not get it, but the general public who are Republican, they get it. Listen, Mr. President, anytime you give people money, they're gonna like it. Okay. That's not that's you you give you give a governor more money, they're gonna like it. Okay, they're gonna like it. Gonna, I don't care if he's a Republican, independent, or whatever. As long as he doesn't have to raise taxes and he gets money from the federal government, he's going to applaud it. As long as people are getting money for, for out of the blue, they're going to applaud. But we need some physical responsibility and we need to deal with the tough issues. The tough issues like how do we sustain and maintain Medicare? How do we take care of our entitlement programs, Social Security, Medicaid? How do we sustain those programs well into this century? Oh, you know those are the tough issues. Not to mention trying to lower our, our deficit. Those are the tough issues. Giving away money is not tough. That is not, you know, you're being Santa Claus every day. It's not, you know, who's going to be, who doesn't like Santa Claus? Okay. Everybody likes Santa Claus. So 
you know, that doesn't work. I mean, it could work because you could think that you can just be Santa Claus forever, but you can't just keep doing trillion dollar bills all the time. It's just, it's just, it's not sustainable. You know, it's nice, but it's not sustainable. Okay. So if you, you're going to test that and, and make yourself super popular by always giving out things on a regular basis, well, we'll see what God willing, we won't have to see what happens because hopefully, hopefully, reason will prevail and, and someone would say, wait a minute, let's try to watch our federal spending as much as we can. That's very important that we do, we do that. Who's going to be most affected by um, the MLB All-Star game being moved out of Georgia? Well, Gary, it's going to be the small business people in, in Atlanta, in the greater Atlanta area. Even former state representative uh, Stacey Abrams, she was on both sides of the fence because I think she has political aspirations. That being, I think she would like to run for governor again. And she does not want to be on the other side, the wrong side on this issue, the side of people in Atlanta, people in Georgia suffering from an economic perspective since they were counting on, I think it's $100 million worth of revenue coming into the state of, of Georgia for those two events. Well, it's not going to happen now. And so no one, no political person would want to be the poster child of taking away $100 million worth of, of revenue from their state and think they can get elected to any position. So she just postured herself in that manner, which is fine. But the key thing is that there's been so many half-truths about this bill that it's it's really sad and i pointed out one in particular and that is the one about you know the water one which you know biden has played up on with the press saying oh we're probably going and i just told you the truth about that you can't you can't give people things once they get so close to the voting booth and that's no matter what it's always been like that even if you're handing out you know you know pieces of gold you can't uh so it's, it's unfortunate that they would want to uh, to to twist that now one of the key areas that they haven't really wanted to talk about, Gary, and that when I say haven't want, really wanted to talk about, I'm saying the Democrats have not wanted to talk about this one issue because they know they lose on this issue. And it's one of the more important issues. And that is the voter ID issue. That is at the crux of the problem. And the provisions that are in the Georgia bill gives a person numerous ways to make sure that when you vote, it's you numerous ways. Now, back in the day, I thought, hey, let's have a photo ID because after all, a photo ID gets you on a plane, it does this, that. Okay. Many black leaders, Democrat leaders said, hey, you know, that's discriminatory. Now, we all know that's not. But the bottom line of it is, no, you don't have to do that. All you need to do is do one of three or four things. Give your driver's license number or just give the last four digits of your social security number. Or Georgia has their own ID program that you can utilize. So they say, so oh, oh, oh. they know they can't argue that because 
they would sound stupid. We don't want to know who who's voting. <laughs> we don't know if we don't want to know if that's the right person voting. They can't say that. Okay, they can't say that. So they let that argument go, and they'd rather go with knowing the Republicans denying water and food. You know, because that that sells. It has a better ring to it, and would cause companies like Delta and Coca Cola to say, "Oh my God, Republicans!" And they should watch out. They should get better government relations people, quite frankly, because they're not actually doing their homework. Read the bill and then express your concern if you have a concern, and allow for the other side to actually explain to you how the bill is potentially better in some areas than what it was before, and that you're trying to make sure that people are voting who are supposed to vote. And it was displayed during the COVID year of the uh, COVID election that when they mailed out, that being the Secretary of State's office, mailed out ballots to people, that many of those ballots or applications for ballots came back in the state of Connecticut. I think 100,000 of them came back to the Secretary of State. Why did they come back? Because the people don't live there anymore. That's why <laughs> they don't live there anymore. That's why they came back. They weren't able to deliver the applications because the people weren't there. However, if you did some serious checking, you will find that over the years, they've voted every time problem. Yes. So that's why they're not going to talk about the fact that the list should be updated on a regular basis, because they know that's a losing argument with the general public. But they don't like to talk about water and, and, and you know, not getting being able to eat in line. I mean, I've never... <laughs> Yes, listen, I've been in politics a long time. I don't remember seeing anyone eat in line, okay? I've never seen that. I, you know, but anyhow, it's it's fine. People get hungry at any time. Okay, fine. But you can't do anything of that nature once you get a certain distance from the voting area. Well, Gary, we also had this past week, the beginning of the George Floyd trial. To me, Gary, what I think that we have to understand is that we're in the 21st century today. And every time I see individuals take the stand, because we're seeing this live now, and they're so-called witnesses to what happened. Well, we have 300 million witnesses to this, okay? <laughs> Why do we need to go through a situation where the entire country and the entire world had a chance to see this video repeatedly? And our eyes do not lie. We've seen it from every single angle. The only heart attack he died from was because he didn't have enough oxygen because someone had their knee on his neck. It's very clear. He was not influenced by any type of drug that would kill him. And yet we're being put through this. Now, I remember a few years ago, there was a shooting in South Carolina where a gentleman pulled up his car and for some reason, he decided to get out of his car and he started running away from the police officer. And the police officer took out his gun and started following him, but then decided just to shoot him in the back seven times or 10 times or whatever and killed him. And we went through this whole jury thing. We saw it on, we, we had the video. It was very clear. He was running away, shot in the back. Police officer did it. And what's the conclusion? Well, it went to a trial about a year later or so. And the police officer was not convicted. So what happened was it went to what was known as the civil rights. Civil rights violations were filed against this guy, this police officer. 
And he was convicted and today he's serving, I think, 20 years in jail. What can we learn from this lesson, America? The lesson to be learned is, why are we going through this criminal investigation where you got to get every single juror to vote a certain way when we can go to the civil rights way of, of trying this individual and you just have to get a simple majority? We can end this real fast. So what may happen, God forbid it doesn't happen. We don't want this to happen. But let's say this guy almost gets a hung jury or whatever, something crazy happens with this case. Well, then what will happen, obviously, since we've already had the financial award being, has already been made, that's how you're going to say, well, that's out of order. Well, usually we don't award people $27 million before any kind of jury jury case comes up. You know, just, so don't talk about order. So the bottom line of it is, why don't we just convict this guy under the easiest possible means? And it is a clear, clear, clear civil rights issue, which means a simple majority. And this would be over in a half hour or less, quite frankly. But even if it lasts for three months or two months, we would feel comfortable that there's no way he's going to get a unanimous decision or no way he's going to win of whatever the number of jurors he's going to get, you know, six out of 11. It's not going to happen. The inverse of that, Gary, is that unfortunately our history would show that it's very, 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 very difficult for jurors, all 11 or whatever, to vote in favor of a prosecution against a white guy who kills a black guy. Not, should it be that way? No. Is it that way? Yes. Now, why do I say that? Am I being overly sensitive about race? No, just do your damn research and you'll see that. That's what it says. The research will tell you when a police officer kills a black guy, that's how he's going to get off, okay? That's how he's, it's going to be tough. It's going to be very, very difficult. But on the civil rights violation, it's not tough. Ask Rodney King. He got a, you know what, beat? In front of all these TV cameras. We all saw it. I was in office at the time. And they said, hey, you know, he's innocent. These officers are innocent. I talked to George Bush, President Bush, and others. They went after him on civil rights violations, and most of them were convicted and went to jail. So why are we going with this route of the criminal process when we got the, we got the easiest route, a route that we know works? Because, you're, unfortunately, there may be that one little white kid sitting on that jail is not going to vote for him. Not, just not doing it. I'm not that, that not doing it. And unfortunately, our history has shown that to be true over and over and over again. It's unfortunate. It's just part of our, of our history. And we as a country do not need to go through a situation. Number one, we don't need to be going through this trial. It should have been over a long time ago. Number two, we don't need a situation where there's some way this guy walks and then we have to do a whole another series of, of of a trial, again, it's not healthy for our country. And it just tells every black youngster under or over the age of five and under the age of whatever, that we have major problems with race in the United States. And we don't need to be saying that. We need to show that we don't have, that we're getting better each and every day. Are there racist people? Yes, there are. And you'd be surprised who you find that who who would discriminate? You'd be surprised who discriminates. You'd be surprised. You'd say, "Oh, you know, I don't think I don't think they would discriminate. No, no way they would discriminate. Would the Catholic school system discriminate? <laughs> well, when you close every single inner city school in Waterbury Grammar and High School, what do you call that? 
and you keep all the white ones open, what do you call that? Well, we'll find out what we call it. So George Floyd situation, hopefully the trial will go quickly. And as more than 300 million Americans who are eyewitnesses can attest, he is guilty as the day is long. Following three terms on the city council and three terms in Congress, former Congressman Gary Franks' consulting firm has helped scores of companies, large Fortune 500 firms, small businesses, and even startup companies secure millions of dollars in federal government contracts and international business opportunities. Congressman Franks, a Yale grad, author, Fortune 500 executive, and former visiting professor at Georgetown University, UVA, and Hampton University, will use his knowledge, experience, relationships, and strategic plan model to help you reach that next level of success. Schedule your participation in an upcoming webinar to learn just how Congressman Franks can help you. For more information, email gary at garyfranks.org now. My thoughts and prayers go out to the Evans family, Officer Evans, who um, was killed this past week while protecting the Capitol. Unfortunately, uh, we have a number of people who are, as we all know, who have emotional and mental problems. And unfortunately, they, they do things that, um, that really are distressing. So my prayers go out to Bill Evans and his family. And my prayers continue to go out to all of the Capitol Hill policemen who I've also have gotten to know over the years as well as the Metropolitan Police Force in, in Washington, D.C. It's very unfortunate whenever a law enforcement officer would, would lose his life. Don't forget to subscribe.